0: Hello, and welcome to the Africa Legal podcast series. My name is Carol Campbell, and today we're in Tanzania speaking to Michael Strain, a partner with Clyde & Co. in Dar es Salaam. Michael leads the firm's corporate practice, advising local and foreign companies on a wide variety of commercial and trade matters. In a former life, he was a solicitor in London, but is now an advocate in the High Court in Tanzania. Welcome to the podcast series, Michael. Thank you. Now our listeners are sure to be interested to know how you came to be in Tanzania.
1: Yeah, I suppose it's a yeah, it's a good question. So um, yeah, no, but, yeah, back in the city of London, um, yeah, M private equity lawyer, um, yeah, enjoying life. But I think I was probably uh, looking out of the out of the window at uh, three o'clock on a rainy November afternoon, dreaming 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 of perhaps a slightly different life and uh, sunnier climes, and then through a uh, I guess a series of coincidences. I'd spent some time in Tanzania in a previous life, and um, you know had a quite a long-standing connection. Also through a relationship with a recruiter, job opportunity came up to relocate to Dar and to effectively build the firm's corporate and M and A practice from the ground up. Uh, somehow convinced my wife to make the jump with me, and uh, she <laughs> so the rest is history.
0: That's an amazing story, um, but now it's been difficult times recently. What's it been like for you all during the the pandemic?
1: Yeah, I mean, look, it's yeah, it it is of course, you know, it's been a very challenging time for everyone, mm-hmm. and I think it's almost it, it, it's so interesting, isn't it, to 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 see something like this happening on a on a, on a global scale? Um, look, it, for East Africa, um, yeah, it's been difficult. I think difficult for Tanzania, difficult for our neighbours. Um you know, you may have been following some of the news you know in tanzania we've seen yeah. uh, reported numbers of uh, of lower cases um you know we've seen our airspace open again a few days ago so i guess we' are uh, we're, we're cautiously optimistic but um I think the challenge for everyone is just you know, peop i saw someone talking about the new normal <laughs> you know on, 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 on social media
0: and I was thinking well isn't the challenge that no one quite knows what that is yet? It's so true. And on a personal level, has your life changed a great deal? Um, yes,
1: um, it certainly has. I mean, I think, you know, that probably what some of the biggest change has been, you know, effectively working, you know, working from home, you know, almost wholly, which, um, to be fair, has been a, you know, a great success. And it makes one feel, you know frankly, very lucky that one's able to make that change. But um, yeah, look. I mean, it's just—it's you know—it's the same challenges for so many other people. You know, lack of contact with friends and family. You know, challenges mm-hmm. from a business perspective, kind of responding in the way that we need to. Um, but um, yeah, sort of touch words. You know, we're 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 in, So far, so good. You know, optimistic.
0: Now, uh, does that mean that you're starting to see some green shoots? That there's some kind of uh, hope on the horizon?
1: Yeah, I mean, look, it's um, business and deals have not completely ground to a halt, which um, you know, which is which is very positive. And in fact, you know, I, I would say after a, 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 a few pretty quiet weeks in April, we definitely saw a bit of an uptick about three or four weeks ago. And you know, I, I, I'm a big believer that the economies of East Africa are. You know they're extremely resilient and, and and as a result you know we will see you No, know, I'm hoping a um you know a bounce back there um you know perhaps more quickly than in some more developed markets
0: that's very interesting <laughs> to hear now Michael your core practice has a particular focus on the oil and gas mining telecommunications and agribusiness sectors uh, could you share with our listeners uh, just a little about one project that you're currently working on.
1: Yeah, I, I, absolutely. Um, what, 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 what's I guess been interesting for me in my uh, in my time, so almost seven years now, based in East Africa. It was the sort of oil and gas play that had originally attracted me to the region. But what I found, um, you, know, I, 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 you know, after I guess probably only just a few months, is really the opportunities exist across you know almost all sectors. And you know when we were, you know, when we look back over, you know, some of the deals that we've done it, in just, you know, the last few months, it's, um, you know, it ranges from a sort of, you know, a large um, acquisition of a hotel resort in Zanzibar. I think that was for what, approximately fifty-six million um, wow. dollars. million, IPOing a uh, a mining company, um, another acquisition in the gold sector in Tanzania. Um, you know, private equity. Um, in Tanzania in the agribusiness sector. Um, so it's, um, yeah, it's a huge kind of, huge facet of things. And um, that, that's the kind of wonderful thing about the region is because there is so much growth that there, there is opportunity almost everywhere you look.
0: A lot has been made of the rise of private equity into Africa over the last 10 years. But does it really work in its current form for distinctly different African markets? I,
1: I honestly, Cara, I think that's a very, very good question. And I, and I, and I think at the outset, it's important to, to recognise the success that, that the PE industry has achieved on the continent and the vast changes that have been made to lots and lots of businesses and people's livelihoods. But, but in the same breath, I do think it's important to recognise that private equity in the way that we know it, particularly in East Africa, is is very, very different to the private equity that one would see in, you know, the U.S., the U.K., or even, frankly, in South Africa. You know, yes. we, it, it's it's. I think as a starting point, you know, really almost all of the money that is driving the PE industry comes from development finance institutions. And I think it's important to remember that. And, you know, as a result, it, 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 I feel it is important for you know, the industry to recognize it's probably kind of impact roots rather than getting perhaps at times too focused on return. And and it's about sort of asking, well, you know, all this money is being provided and saying, well, what is the purpose of that cash? And then I think, you know, in the same breath as well, you look at, you know, very different markets. So if we were to contrast, you know, even Kenya and Tanzania, um, you know, Kenya, the the economy is, you know, significantly more developed. And that has just made it a far richer and easier place to, um, to, to do business and find deals. Whereas mm-hmm. if you, know, you look at somewhere like Dar es Salaam, not to say transactions don't happen, haven't happened, but it's much, much harder for, uh, for funds to
0: find opportunities. Now, some investments take a long time to bear fruit. But do you see any changes that Tanzania could make to drive the region towards being more investor friendly?
1: I think again a very very good question. I think um we've seen in Tanzania a um something you know a significant evolution over the last few years in terms of attitudes towards you know private investment, foreign investment. The government is um you know committed to reform of the business environment, and they produced quite a good blueprint covering this couple of years. And since then, we've also seen, um, you know, elements of change actually enacted from that. So, you know, we're seeing it's much more quick. It's it's quicker for people to get work permits now in Tanzania. We're seeing a company's registry that's almost entirely moved online, which, as you imagine, is very helpful in terms of ensuring, um, you know, I guess, clarity and consistency of, um, of approach. Um, so, you know, the, the, the work, work, good work has been done. I think, you know, looking at, you know, perhaps some further questions around um, legislation for competition authority approvals in Tanzania would be quite helpful. Mm-hmm. But, um, but, you know, the, the, it, I would say things are moving in a more positive direction.
0: There's a gap between the scale and type of investments made by private equity and microfinance providers. Who can and should be filling this gap?
1: Yeah, so, 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 so I, I would say if you were to, in East Africa, if one kind of discounts um, Nairobi, and Nairobi really constitutes the vast, vast majority of deals done by private equity in the region and then one instead focuses on Tanzania, Ethiopia, Uganda, Rwanda, what what you end up with is actually a far smaller pool of deal opportunities. And now that's not to say that there aren't a large number of wonderful startups. But what we also see is a huge, huge lack of funding options for these early stage companies. So every private equity firm that i generally speak to they want to find you know obviously great management team uh, you know a business that's been operating for ideally you know three plus years it's ideally making a profit but in order for these early stage companies to reach you know the stage that the p funds are prepared to look at them it's it's almost impossible because the money just isn't available at the moment
0: now, Michael, the legal, financial, and technical talent needed to make deals work that exists on the continent, but the cash continues to come from abroad. Now, what do you feel should be done to ensure that African talent is engaged by the external funding provider?
1: Yeah, absolutely, and, and this, I guess, interestingly plays in with the approach that that we've taken, uh, you know, as Clyde and Co. In the sense that yeah. you know for, for our for, for our ability to do do deals for our clients um, in East Africa what, what what we're doing is something sort of slightly different and it's not just saying okay we can service those from you know joburg Dubai or London um, but it's actually having the ability to deliver that on the ground you know with local talent so you know you know my team, you know, I, I'm not from Tanzania originally, but my team is entirely composed of, um, you know, of, of, of Tanzanians. And, you know, it's been so important to us to develop and grow this this talent. And I think then when you kind of flip that up onto a more, you know, macro level. So, so what you have is you have all this cash coming from development finance institutions abroad effectively to catalyze the economies mm-hmm. Um, And whilst it is often tempting for, um, you know, people at these DFIs or perhaps funds based overseas to use overseas providers in their entirety to try and, um, you know, to try and affect these deals, you just can't underestimate the benefit of local knowledge. And, um, you know, we see it all the time, people trying to apply knowledge gained in, you know, in, say, one East African country to another. I mean, we're talking about very, very different places, and you know, you need to have that local flavour to make things
0: work. That's such a nice perspective, as I think many have approached Africa with a one size fits all approach and had their fingers burned.
1: Oh, absolutely! I, I couldn't agree more. And it's um, well, it's just even the the concept of talking about Africa—you know, as fifty-four countries—and I mean. <laughs> and look, not to, not to deny that there are, of course, similarities between. You know, you know, Tanzania and Ghana are perhaps more similar than Tanzania and Peru, but it doesn't mean that one can make an assumption that just because you've been successful in one place, you don't need to take your time, get the right advice in order to make things
0: work in a different place. We see this with, for example, m not working in South Africa as well as it worked in Kenya. There are often different cultural approaches to money, different approaches to mobile technology that shouldn't be forgotten.
1: Oh, indeed. Um, you know, people think in different ways and people, you know, have relationships in different ways. And it's, um, yeah, and I think that's just, yeah, that, that for me has been why it's important to, you know, r- move to East Africa to live there and to stay there because it enable- I feel it just gives me the ability to kind of understand things in a way that would be different if I was sort of flying in every couple of months.
0: Now, you've referred a few times to... DFIs, or development finance institutions, and these are often touted as the key to resolving challenges in a country's economy. What is your take on their role in Africa's growth? And now we're talking about Africans in the, in the singular again. They are, they, they are something that we see in South Africa, we see in Kenya, we see in West Africa. What do you, what do you feel about them? Yeah. Look, I mean, and I kind of flip
1: here right back to what I was saying at the beginning about the wonderful, you know, work and change and you know economic development that's been brought, you know, by private equity and really, you know, kind of in the same breath by development finance institutions. You know, these DFIs around the world have made available significant pots of cash, which are you know which are being utilized to genuinely. Catalyse and drive economic change. Now, of course, it's very, it's very difficult to, um, to 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 do that effectively always. And I think if if I was to to make an a, a polite observation, you know, I, I I look at say somewhere like Tanzania. So interestingly, you actually have there more money raised and available for deployment in Tanzania. Than you know than than a home could be found for, and uh, I have to say yeah. when I found out that statistic I was I was quite shocked. It's it, you know it's so incredibly unusual. so so but but you know it goes back to what I was saying. So you've got all this money available, but what you have is a real lack of pipeline. And because you don't have these fund this funding available for early stage companies, there's really very little visibility as to how a Genuine long term sustainable pipeline of investable companies will be created. So, I think what I would say to DFIs is keep up the wonderful work, but the more you can do to shift your focus towards the early stage development, particularly in yeah. these so called sort of second tier countries, if I would coin a phrase, you know, like Tanzania, Ethiopia, Uganda. So, they haven't, you know, they haven't formed the focus of investment and there's a reason for that but by getting cash into early stage companies and look not all of it's going to work you know most most companies fail in the first couple of years but we do need to try and then i guess in, in, you know i think the second point there is I, I i see incredible caution from a lot of funds from a lot of dfis now The markets that that I operate in are extremely difficult. They're very very risky, Mm -hmm. very unpredictable. But again, if you kind of take a thousand paces back and say, well, the money that we raised, yeah, okay, we want to get a return on it. But wasn't the most important thing actually to try and make a difference and improve people's Mm -hmm. livelihoods? And that's why, you know, ex-taxpayer in Sweden was happy for it to be used for its purpose. So I, I, would, I would ask, you know, DFIs and funds to, 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 to perhaps ask a philosophical question, which is, are we happy to actually take a bit more risk, pump money in to early stage companies, you know, do it quickly, don't do it, no. you know, not to be negligent or, you know, or, or to do anything improper, but just, I think, just to try and get this cash out the door almost.
0: Michael, now swinging away from work, I, I must say that Tanzania is a country that I would love to visit, especially the flamingo lakes. And I would love to ask you if you've been to Lake Natron or Lake Manyara.
1: I have not been to Lake Natron, but I would love to go. And I have been to Lake Manyara, uh, and I, I have to say, you know, uh, uh, you know, away from work, you know, the the, the safari in Tanzania um, is just absolutely incredible. You know, s- some of the you know, the experiences we've had just off, you know, camping in the bush with the tents, you know, we've had, you know, just off the top of what have we had, we've had, we've had leopards round campfires. Um, we've had lions in rivers, just sort of 10 metres away from us. You know, it's really just, you know, the, the most incredible place. And, you know, we've, so just, you know, as I said, away from work, which is always exciting, never a dull day. <laughs> we have such a, you know, it's such a, such a wonderful and beautiful and rich country to, to 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 be able to live in.
0: Michael, I understand you're a member of the Tanzania Explorers Club. You must tell me what that involves. Well, I think the Explorers <laughs> Club is probably. Uh, uh, I, I think the name overstates itself. So, the
1: Explorers <laughs> Club is. Uh, it, it's probably. Uh, it's 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 more about explorers coming together. That, that, than, than us all going off exploring. So um, this is something we, we, we set up with a few others about, must have been about six years ago. And it's effectively a, a confluence point for people in the mining and oil and gas industries to come together, you know, have an informal chat and, um, you know, so it's a great place for people to kind of share information. And I often say, you know, in Tanzania, it's, a, it's networking for people that don't network, if that makes any oh. sense.
0: <laughs> Michael, it was lovely to speak to you today. Thank you for your perspective on the opportunities and challenges in Tanzania.
1: Thank you very much. An absolute pleasure.
0: To our followers, you've been listening to a conversation with Michael Strain, a partner in Clyde & Co.'s Dar es Salaam office, speaking to me, Carol Campbell, at Africa Legal. To suggest guests or for more information about Africa Legal, contact us through our social media channels or by email. Until next time, thank you for joining us for this edition of the Africa Legal podcast series.